Greg Kelly. The latest breaking news and opinions. Entertaining and informative. Hey, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. I'm gonna I gotta push Ukraine out of my mind for a moment. We got our own war right here. Crime is up forty-five percent in the month of February. Hey, we're all as great ideas, as big ideas. After all, Eric Adams was a police officer, wasn't he, of some kind? Didn't he uh, Didn't he tell us all that stuff? Yeah, he did. And a lot of you dummies believed it. You dummies, not you, my listeners, but uh, you folks at the New York Times, even you people who should know better at the New York Post, you endorse this creep. He doesn't have a clue you know you don't have to endorse uh just automatically you don't you can blow it off when you have somebody of no integrity no ability no record and just because he looks good in a suit and you guys feel like virtue signaling you guys feel like look at us we're endorsing the black candidate wow 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 well we've got to pick up the pieces we have got to deal with this and that poor guy who was hitting the head with a hammer Another attack. It looks to me like an anti-Asian attack. Oh, and oh, by the way, a McDonald's employee stabbed trying to break up a fight. Avoid fast food in New York City. I used to love fast food. Actually, this is probably a this is probably a win for me. I'm not going to go as much, if at all. Now, the number one thing is, did you know that every McDonald's and Burger King and even Starbucks now has a doorman? It's not like they're paying for it. It's uh, some doorman. Somebody just showed up. Some punk, usually in a mask, who wants change from you on your way in. Spare some change? No. That's my problem. I get very mouthy with them. I don't like that. I don't like it when they do that. So um, where are we? What does it all mean? Uh, It means that, I don't know, they keep saying the pendulum is going to swing back. But when? When and all the citizenry, everybody is just in outer space on their cell phones, thinking about something else, wondering about just wanting to be somewhere where they're not and not giving it their all where they are. It's a there's no sense of here and now. It's always where are we going, where we want to be, where do we prefer to be? I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Meanwhile, all right, I do have to talk about Ukraine. I'm watching it right now on the screen. You ever see Full Metal Jacket? I have actually been to war. I've been to, uh, I was there in Iraq during the invasion and the subsequent occupation. It was intense. It was it was really intense. And it's quite frankly more intense than what I'm seeing on uh, in, in, in Ukraine so far. Hey, a lot of the stuff is, you notice they show up after the battle. They're not there for the battle. They're there right after the battle. Well, I don't want to, you know, whatever, but uh, the way it worked when uh, I was embedded with the Army, we saw the battle. We actually saw the fight. We didn't show up six hours later to film the remnants. We were actually there, and it was um, it was intense. It was intense. Now I see a bunch of smarty-pants reporters. They're not on the ground. They're not involved in... Uh, much of anything. They just stand on balconies. They stand on balconies and then they lecture anchors about how wrong they have it. Oh, no, 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 no. You don't understand what's happening in Ukraine. In fact, in that city, which is not the city where that reporter is standing, by the way, 
this is happening. And in that city, uh, which is not the city that the reporter is standing in, this is happening. And they have such attitude. This is a thing, especially over there at Fox. They like to shame the reporters. I mean, the anchors like, you know, how dare you? And most anchors are going to cower. Most. I'll tell you this. Fox News would not exist if it wasn't for Tucker Carlson and Greg Gutfeld. Those are the big money makers over there. Okay, they're the ones who keep the lights on. Everything else is there just to pretend they have a news organization. Fox and Friends is also a cash cow. And they know how to command attention and audience. But these reporters, they're so they're always performing not for the audience, not for you, not for me, not for people who are, you know, in middle America want to know what's happening. They're performing for their peers, the news directors. They want to hire them or vice presidents at NBC News or whatever. They don't care about the audience. And they also care, well, then they have to a little bit, I get it, about their career, their book deals, their Twitter followers, their, you know, just their status and prestige. This is not a pure pursuit of information, right? Do we understand that? You got to understand that. And in speaking of uh, lack of purity, Joe Biden as uh gosh, he was just at his worst yesterday. I mean, we've all seen him bad, but he following following the legislature where okay, we're banning the no more purchases of oil from Russia. That's kind of literally a drop in the bucket, but why not? You got to do it. Cut 3, please. Today, I'm announcing the United States is targeting the main artery of Russia's economy. We're banning all imports of Russian oil and gas and energy. That means Russian oil will no longer be acceptable at U.S. ports, and the people will deal another powerful blow to Putin's war machine. This is a move that has strong bipartisan support in the Congress and, I believe, in the country. Okay, Uh, fine, 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 fine. Should have been done a long time ago. It's one of those things that's pretty much automatic. But like everything else, Joe does not lead. He's one of all of his life. He's been a staff member. He's been one of 100 senators, one of 535 members of the House and Senate. That's not a lot of things. By the way, when you're vice president of the United States, you're basically just a staff guy. Yes, it comes with a lot of prestige, but you can look it up. He's just there with a folder advising the president. He was a staffer. That's it. And uh, so never a leader and never honest with us, right? Never honest with us. Does this seem like a guy? Who, does, does this seem like straight talk? I noticed a couple of little tricks here. Cut five. It's simply not true that my administration or policies are holding back domestic energy production. That's simply not true. Even amid the pandemic, companies in the United States pumped more oil during my first year in office than they did during my predecessor's first year. That's deceptive. That's deceptive. It's simply not true. Gosh, you are simply misleading the American people. I had a guy from the uh, Petroleum Institute on last night, uh, federal officials. Joe is playing a game. There is all kinds of, wait, where's the other thing where he starts talking about leases? And this is, did you notice what he said too? We pumped more oil my first year. Then in Donald Trump's, I thought he was going to say last year. No, he said first year. That's that's not that's not the comparison we're looking for. If you said last year, you might have a case. You don't. This is what you do. This is what he does. He misleads all the time. Career politicians. We shouldn't be shocked. 
This is what it's all about. Cut six. This crisis is a stark reminder to protect our economy over the long term. We need to become energy independent. I've had numerous conversations over the last three months with our European friends of how they have to be, wean themselves off of Russian oil. It's just not it's just not tenable. It should motivate us to accelerate the transition to clean energy. He has not been telling European leaders to get off of Russian oil. Try to find that. Try to substantiate that. Oh, are these those private, what do they call them, bilats, these private talks? We all saw Donald Trump stand up in front of the United Nations and say, Germany, you need to get off of that Russian oil because it's bad. You are too dependent, and we that's bad for you. It's bad for the world. You've got to get on your own two feet. He didn't say that in some private conversation where he was pitching some weird contract for Hunter. He said that in front of the United Nations, Donald Trump did. That's the difference. That's the key difference, okay? We had the real deal, and now we have a great big phony, phony situation. All right. Did you see my, did you see my Newsmax show? People are tuning in, and it's pretty amazing. And uh, I'm very grateful. Oh, by the way, just real quick. Yes, it's true. Joe Manchin said this two weeks ago about saving uh, or cutting off the oil gas coming in from Russia. All right. And now, finally, the president leaps into the picture. Cut 20, please. We're buying over 600,000 barrels a day of crude from Russia. We've been doing this for quite some time. We have to step up to the plate. That means basically reversing some of the decisions that have been made, but no leasing not drilling and basically cutting back. We need energy independence more now than ever before. Sounds good, right? And we had it not too long ago, not long ago at all. Here's something else. Joe Biden doesn't know this stuff. I thought I laid out a pretty last night. Not a leader, not a businessman, and not honest. Those are the things that Joe's dealing with, all right? Those are the that you got to understand that. A couple things you got to understand about Trump. Number one, he's a billionaire. So that makes him different right off the bat. Number two, he's from Queens. Okay, we know what that entails. And number three, he's not a politician. He never, he was, <laughs> never had to raise money. Never had to smile when he wasn't happy. Never had to do all that nonsense that politicians have to do. Joe Biden's been doing that stuff since he was twenty-five years old. That's the key difference. Okay, Joe Biden again, not a leader, uh, not a businessman, not honest. And a career politician. So there's a fascinating moment, actually, in the 2020, one of the 2020 debates. And energy and climate change comes up. And Trump, at first, nobody knows what he's doing. And and Biden laughs at him like, oh, you're talking about what do you know? And then all of a sudden, Joe gets real quiet and starts to look like, "Uh uh-oh, uh-oh, this guy knows more than I do. It's pretty wild. Cut uh, 24. We are energy independent. I know more about wind than you do. It's extremely expensive, kills all the birds. It's very intermittent. It's got a lot of problems. And they happen to make the windmills in both Germany and China. And the fumes coming up, if you're a believer in carbon emission, the fumes coming up to make make these massive windmills is more than anything that we're talking about with natural gas, which is very clean. So. What happens there? You heard Joe laugh. <laughs> he knows more than wind. <laughs> it kills the birds. <laughs> but then he starts going into detail, Trump does, where these things come from. You think Joe Biden knows where they come from? I mean, he would say China, but Germany and China. And that, oops, what the hell is this? 
I am so sorry. That individual should know I'm on the radio, but that's okay. He might be calling me to quit, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. Should I take this? You guys want to hear somebody quit on live TV? Hey, you're not quitting, are you? All right, I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Okay, I thought that guy was going to quit. Everything's good. Phew! No, <sighs> um, I got uh, to deal with that. But everything's fine. Everything's fine. Did that make sense about what I was saying about the uh, debate? Again, you, I know visually you can't see it right now, but he, there's a shift. It's like, uh-oh, I got a guy who actually knows how to buy a windmill. <laughs> I know a guy who they were actually threatening with a lawsuit because he wouldn't install windmills on his golf course. So what did he do? He became an expert on windmills. Give me the rest of that, please. Windmills is more than anything that we're talking about with natural gas, which is very clean. One other thing. Find me a solar. I love solar, but solar doesn't quite have it yet. It doesn't have it yet. Everybody knows that about solar. By the way, how much of uh, America's energy comes from solar? I think it's about 3%. Wind is about uh, 7 or 8%. Hydro is uh, not much more, about 80 percent of our power comes from dinosaurs that died a billion years ago. Isn't that amazing, by the way, that the fuel comes, I guess, from the the deceased dinosaurs? Is that the story as you know it, too? Yeah. Isn't that credible? And you know who was thinking about that? You know who had that planned? The Lord. (laughs) He really did have this all planned out for us. It's kind of, it's really, really great. Our planet Earth. All right. Uh Uh-oh. Time for a break already. I'm going to have to deal with this situation. I think everything is fine, but just have to double check, and I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Joe. Somebody just sent me a clip of Joe Biden swearing to God that he will end fossil fuel. I saw this a long time ago. I forgot about it, I guess, and now it holds a hell of a lot of resonance, doesn't it, huh? And he's shaking this uh, 18-year-old girl's hand, and he takes off his hat in the weirdest way. Look me in the eye. Look me in the eye. I think that was part of it. She was pretty, and he just wanted to make get close to her and make eye contact and grab her hand and do all kinds of stuff that he gets secret jollies from. That's a big part of Joe. That's what makes him tick. That's what always makes him tick. Hey, are we going to talk about this or what, actually? Joe Biden is a creep, an absolute creep who does not know how to behave around women. Donald Trump was Prince Valiant compared to Joe Biden. Sniffing, groping, smelling, young, old, in between, but always women. Now, I have a theory about what happened to Andrew Cuomo. Now, Andrew Cuomo is a lot of things, and I'm no fan. I can't get over that $5 million book deal. I can't get over the COVID situation. I can't get over the fact that he told that USS Comfort to make a U-turn and leave New York when we could have used it. But he's no sexual predator. And you know what? There's no evidence of that. Look through that flimsy, stupid report that non-lawyer Attorney General Tish James put together. It's a joke. It is an absolute joke. And you can look at the so-called evidence. 
shaking somebody's hand in a respectful manner is not sexual harassment, okay? Talk about the power of suggestion. Some of these women came forward, he made me feel objectified. Shut the hell up. All right? The system is protecting powerful people. And for whatever reason, that system decided to kick Andrew Cuomo out and protect Joe Biden. But if they can take out Andrew Cuomo when it comes to sexual harassment on nothing, you know who the real target is? Joe. Joe, if we can get Andrew for nothing, we can get you for everything. The whole world has seen Joe Biden grope, smith, touch, feel, molest, sniff, scratch, um, all that stuff. He's done. It's right there. It's right there. So uh, he goes over to this lady. Hey, do me a favor. Let me just I'm going to put this up on Twitter. Joe wants to get close. And uh, here, do me. uh, Would you turn this sound around for me right away? Okay. Very interesting. It's uh, gosh. You know what? The Republican National Committee, they are excellent. They turn out this uh, these videos all the time. You know, who the most important person in media is these days. It's not Tucker Carlson, although I like him. It's not Greg Gutfeld, although I like that guy. It's actually somebody you've never heard of. Um, it's the editor. It's an editor. And not the editor who sits back, not the editor of the newspaper. I'm talking about the editor of these video clips. Somebody who sits with a computer suite and video, they can make anything happen. They can find anything. It is amazing the power they have. And you know what? It's an art. It's an absolute art. Uh, just a couple of smidgens of seconds, milliseconds make a difference. Oh, we got it already. All right, here's Joe Biden. Now, I can't really tell if he's being sincere about the climate change. Well, yes. All right, I'm going to have to take him at his word, right? I'm going to take take him at his, what, what does he say? You, I give you my word as a Biden. <laughs> but he really wants to get close to this girl. And and make eye contact with her. Listen to this. This is Joe Biden in 2019. He'll say anything to become president. And, of course, first he's got to get that Democrat nomination. And he's running against a bunch of crazy left-wing lunatics. So what do you do? You say stuff like this. Um, but, but, kiddo, I want you to just take a look, okay? You don't have to agree. But I want you to look in my eyes. I guarantee you. I guarantee you we're going to end fossil fuel, and I am not going to cooperate with you, okay? What do you think, huh? What do you think? Did he call her kiddo, by the way? Who the hell says that anymore? Can I hear it one more time, if you don't mind? Um, but, But, kiddo, I want you to just take a look, okay? You don't have to agree, but I want you to look in my eyes. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, we're going to end fossil fuel, and I am not going to cooperate with you, okay? Um, okay. okay. All right. So you're going to end fossil fuel. Well, um, you look like you might be intent on making that happen. Although, you dummy, the country isn't ready for that. We just, we're, we're just not. And he's breaking it. You know what I sense? It's a very strong sense, actually. Joe is safe in his cocoon of wealth and power. He's taking care of everybody he has to take care of. His ne'er-do-well brothers, that son of his, 
You know he has a daughter who has all kinds of issues, too. I wish that was not the case, but it's true. Um, And, you know, 500 other people he's got to take care of financially, probably. All that stuff. He's secure. And what does he have? He has his beach house. He has that mansion in Wilmington. You know, he was renting a third house in McLean, Virginia. Another mansion. What the hell do you need with three houses? I mean... He has all of the suits he can wear, all right? He has these beautiful suits. I'll give him this. He dresses well. A little bit too dandyish, but he wears Oxford, Oxford suits with a double X. That's about as uh, very expensive. They're like $3,000 suits. He's a bit of a clothes horse, I can tell. And those stupid uh, pointy pocket squares he wears, I don't like them. Some guys can pull it off. He can't. All right, enough of that. I know that's superficial, but it gives you a window. Your calls when I come back. This is a test of the emergency alert system. In the event of an actual emergency, this system would bring you important information. This is only a test. than this. And now everybody in the world has a cell phone. So if anyone's involved in combat, those videos should be out and all over the place. I don't understand. Like you said, I'm looking at these dummies standing on balconies in the safe area, wearing a helmet, trying to imply that they're at, they're at the front line when they're front line of nothing. And they have nothing to say. And they don't even know what's going on. Show some chutzpah, get out, get off the roof, Get out there. Show us what's going on. I, I don't understand. The lack of coverage, actual visual. Hey, I see the bomb went off. I see people. Okay, we all know. Yeah. But there's no coverage. There's no live. There's not, not live, but there's no. I don't see any combat going on. So you see the aftermath, but you don't see it uh, you know, during during the actual combat. Now, there is some really great social media stuff out there. There's TikTok. Uh, Instagram, quite frankly, is the place to go. And I've seen all kinds of amazing video. But look, I got to I got to be honest with you. Um, You know, during World War Two, you look closely Vietnam, you'll notice they have a tendency, which we've seen an awful lot of. Oh, wait, uh, which is uh, to put the camera down when they start shooting. Okay, they just do. There isn't as much as you might think. You would think in the middle of combat, there's all this stuff there isn't. Look, you'll see a lot of the aftermath. You'll see a lot of people walking around. But do you know what I'm talking about? You really won't during combat footage during combat is exceedingly rare. Now, if you go on YouTube and unfortunately, a lot of this stuff isn't there because some of my greatest work was before YouTube. I, quite frankly, am one of the rare exceptions to this because I had a camera with live capability and it was on a vehicle. And it was just, <laughs> we showed what we were in the middle of. And a lot of the times it was boom, 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 boom. Us, people close to me shooting and people shooting at us. It's pretty wild stuff. But do you know what I mean? I, does that make sense to you there, Danny? Well, it makes perfect sense. One of the comments, you know, every time I open up the paper, you see the, the sad things. Ukraine says they bombed this. Ukraine says the first casualty of war is the truth. Nobody really knows what's going on. And once people start shooting off artillery, you never know where it's going to land. And sadly, there are innocent people. And if you know your history, you know that from the nine days before D-Day, we killed 40,000 Normandy civilians putting the cities into the street 
So when my father-in-law landed at Utah Beach, the Germans could not rush up the tanks because all the roads were blocked by the cities. So it's terrible. It's horrible. It's called war. And as General Sherman said, war is hell. And the quicker we get it over with, the better. War is hell, and that's why you fight it only as a last resort. By the way, I didn't know that. I never heard that before. You're saying we killed 40,000 uh, civilians uh, in the run-up to Normandy, the D-Day invasion? The, the tactical bombing went from burnt bombing industri- in, industries oh, bombing. in Germany yeah. to, to putting the cities in the street, was no. the actual phrase they used. So the Germans could not advance on the roads to get to the beachheads. And yeah. thirty to 40,000 Norman civilians died during the 90 days of the Normandy campaign. Yep, I mean, um, hey, carpet bombing, and, and hey, let's face it, a lot of civilians, it was a civilian target, essentially Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Uh, but, quite frankly, if I were President Truman, I believe I would have uh, given the order as well. I think it was the right thing to do. It seems horrific now. Actually, I don't know if it does seem horrific. I mean, more people would have died had we been forced to invade Japan. Uh, thank you, pal, very, very much. Uh, oh, we got another one. Bernard is calling from Connecticut. Hello. Greg, how are you doing? Fine. Uh, I'm calling because uh, <clears throat> I'm trying to set up some kind of relief fund here in Connecticut with the uh, Ukraine people. I go to uh, St. Mary's. Uh-huh. We were talking about church um, last week. I'm one of these rare people that's an atheist that goes to church every day. Uh-huh. And I go there because of um, things like this, you know, relief efforts, stuff that I can do with my community. Uh-huh. And uh, so we're trying to um, – we have houses and stuff here that are available because you see what's happening. The civilians are being bombed on their way. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. So what do you want to do? I have houses open here on the Connecticut shoreline. Yeah. Uh, doctors, lawyers, professionals that are willing to take people in. I, yeah, I know. yeah, yeah. Have you uh, have you done anything to make this happen? Have you reached out to the appropriate uh, people who do this kind of stuff? I'm in touch with Lee Zeldin, who's shipping a lot of weapons off to Ukraine. And uh, my own... Yeah, I know. This is not something your congressman... I don't know. I mean... All right. What do you want from me? What can we do for you, sir? There's got to be somebody there that can, like, help. I mean, at the radio station? No, no, there's not. We're crossing our fingers. I'm sorry, pal. I mean, I don't know what to. T- I mean, I, I don't know. Just like the other guy said, I don't know what to believe. I don't know what's happening right now. I see this is kind of uh, ultimate. I, 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 I don't know. This is beyond me. I'm sorry beyond you but it's not beyond other people at the station there uh we all got our jobs already we all got we all got things to do hey that said john katsimatidis is a very generous guy and he's got a great big heart and he knows everybody in the world so who knows but you know this is one of those situations where people want to help but where do you even begin and sometimes i think i remind people you know what uh, you don't have to go halfway around the world to do do something nice for somebody you know I am. Uh, you got to call back, Bernard. You got to tell me more about how, in in this world, that somehow you believe there's no God. You believe. I mean, how do you? Uh, I, I'm just. I'm a very. I'm, I'm. I'm astonished. I'm not. Not to say I was once as. I was once as blind as you, Bernard. I really was. I was an atheist, and I did not believe. I, I'm and you're, you're agnostic. That's different from an atheist. That means you think there might be a God, but you're not sure. So who knows, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah, correct. All right. Bernard, listen, I, I do admire your speech. This is a human. People want to help. 
But I don't know how to do that, and this is not what we do here. I mean, it's not, and I can't coordinate whatever. I mean, look, dude, I'm just trying to make it through the day. You know what I mean, Bernard? i got to be honest with you, all right? I'm not going to give you lip service. I'm not going to put you on hold so I can look like I'm doing something when I'm not. Hell, I still haven't sent Irene that Bible. Oh, my God. Oh, thank you, Bernard. I got to fix that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I am so I, uh, I need that assistant, by the way. You said that you got that woman Brooklyn's information. Did you? Did you? Did you ever think about giving it to me? You know what kind of schedule I have. I'm running around like a maniac. No, you never did. You just pushed the buttons. It's I get it. Thank you. you. It's hard to find me. You're staring at me for two hours a day. Steven, can you help? He's in Manhattan. Yes. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate it. And uh, I want to search your mind. Hey, I got one I more thing to say to Bill in Connecticut. You know, I, I'm not like I've seen this before. Somebody wants to help and then they make a big deal of saying they want to help. And then they con- contact the congressman. They contact the radio station. They contact all these people who aren't necessarily set up to do what you want to do. Just do it. Okay, Bill in Connecticut, I love the spirit, but just do it. I got a great idea. I don't call Bill in Connecticut. I make it happen somehow. Go to the people who do that kind of stuff. You got the Internet. Call some radio station asking for anybody around the office who can help. I don't want to sound cold or like a jerk or anything like that, but let's get real here. I'm sorry, Stephen. What? No, no, that's fine. Uh I know you want to. No, what uh, is it? Just again, what? What do you got? I'm struggling, and I want to ask you: Can you tell me why it takes tens of thousands of years—not two thousand, three thousand, four—tens of thousands of years? Oh boy, I don't. I, right now, I'm going to tell you: I'm not going to be able to answer this philosophical, deep question. Most likely, all right, man. This sounds hard. Give me my pen. I feel like I need a blue book like I'm in college. All right, keep going. Tens of thousands of years. For for the human being to learn to live together. What's the what's happening here? All right. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna take a whack at this one, Stephen, because I think I think I'm going to turn your perspective around on this. Do you realize you and me, right now, at this moment, twenty twenty two in America, in the world, that this is paradise, buddy. This is the best. This is the best time to be alive in the history. All those 10,000 years. You know, when we used to go to war, like 3,000 years ago, look at, or, or, or more recently, 1,500 years ago, the Crusades, all that stuff, entire societies would, would make war with each other. Entire societies. And the people who won... They wouldn't just get the territory. They'd get the women. They'd get the children. They'd get the property. They'd get the stuff. Do you realize how advanced this is now, how civilized compared to how we used to fight? You're just watching it on TV. Steven, when's, let me ask you something, Steven. Have you ever seen anybody, have you ever seen anybody shot in your entire life? Have I ever seen anybody shot, shot yes. in my entire and you're, well, be I honest. had a gun to my. I had a gun to my. Head okay, but they didn't the pull the trigger. They didn't pull the trigger. You've never seen it. No, they did not. Have you ever seen trigger. anybody stabbed in the stomach with a sword? Well, okay. Have you ever that? seen anybody die of the bubonic plague? 
What does that mean? This means we used to be surrounded by this stuff. It was commonplace. People went off to war. Maybe they came back three years later. This is how we are. We have solved so many problems. Well, so disease, hunger. The, the, this is power. You're, wait, where are you calling from? You're in Manhattan. I mean, I know we've got our limitations and Eric Adams and this and that. But, dude, we are light year. Would you like to be alive in 1800? You know what the life expectancy was back then? 47 years old. Yeah, but still, I'm asking you a question. I'm giving you my answer. What's the problem here? Why are there have the human being? Why is humanity, in effect, not looking at any description, any nationality, any country? Why is the human being becoming so stupid as not to be able to live in peace with each other? So stupid. War is becoming more and more rare. And I know this is a terrible thing that's going on over there, but we've seen worse. And, Stephen, if you think back, you know, ask yourself, did you support the war in Iraq? I know a lot of people did. A lot of liberals in Manhattan thought it was a swell idea to go 6,000 miles around the world and invade a sovereign country that didn't invade us. Now, Ukraine has been next to Russia and part of Russia at times for a very long time. This is unfortunately part of the human condition. Man, it's in the Bible. People, war, slavery, humans are 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 flawed and fallen and corrupt. And our only hope, in my opinion, is through God. That's where salvation is. This stuff it ain't going to go away, unfortunately, although it is remarkable. There's a guy named Steven Pinker. I'm not just pulling this stuff out of thin air. There's a guy named Steven Pinker. He wrote a book, Our Better Angels, and he talks about this. And he makes a very compelling case how horrible the centuries, previous centuries to about 300 years ago, how horrible it was to be alive and how much better it is and how much more peace there is today than at any other time in the history of the planet. I know that's hard to believe when you turn on the news, but it's true, Stephen. I I ask you to look that up, would you please? One could say about your argument that back then – They didn't have nuclear bombs. They didn't have the capability of pressing a button and you know. But it was worse. It was worse. It was worse. Okay, it was worse than when we the nuclear weapons in a way. Entire societies would wage war. Okay, look at the Crusades. Look at the Crusades. Hey, dude. I, I mean, this is my answer. This is where I am, Stephen. What do you want me to tell you? I mean, what do you? What are your options? All right, we don't have any other planets to go to anytime soon. I mean, this is it. And you got it not bad in life. You're in Manhattan. I mean, you know, what do you do for a living anyway? I've been here for 40 years. What do you I've do? Hey, by the way, tell us a story. I'm a singer-songwriter. Tell I'm us, a singer-songwriter. Tell us what happened. Why did that guy have a gun to your head? What did you do? Yeah, right, right. See, you're blaming I'm only kidding. That was good. But I do want to know I, what happened. I happened to... I happened to walk into my lobby, and these five young, I will not describe what they look like, young Why not? Boys. Whatever. Okay. okay. So Five and, young black guys. What? what, what, what how is that relevant? Okay. What, and what happened next? And one of them just r- ran up the stairs, the front stairs, 
came into the inner lobby and just, boom, put the gun against my head and shouted, where's the money? And where's the money? And so I said, and I kept on repeating, which I believe saved my life. I kept on repeating, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And I said, you know, reach in my pocket. He reached in my pocket. Luckily, I had only about $40 on me. So he took the money. All right, Stephen, I'm glad you made it through that uh, that uh, that uh, ordeal. Thank you. And uh, thanks for the call. All right, keep in touch. Keep in touch. That would be very traumatizing. I thought he said, don't worry about it. I don't know if that's going to get you out of trouble. I would say, take it, take it, take it. Take it. It's in my back pocket. Take it. And when they walk away, I'd open fire. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. This is the Greg Kelly Show. Wow. This Zelensky seems to be doing a great job, I think. I'm told, you know, I, sometimes I wonder what the hell I'm being told and if it's all style over substance, but... Uh, uh, Zelensky, Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, running around in the T-shirt, and he's everywhere all the time, and that's what you got to do to lead. And uh, now he's not making any – he's not even disguising where he is. He's in the presidential palace, I believe, right? And he's upfront about it. Okay, he was on with that David Muir guy last night. What did he say? Go ahead. Mr. President, you talked about the need for fighter jets. We know the U.S. is uh, reportedly looking at how to supply Russian uh, jets from Poland. Uh, you had you had requested these jets because Ukrainian fighter pilots know how to fly these Russian planes. Has there been any movement on that front? We asked not only the United States, we asked many other countries. I'm not going to name them. We looked into this question. We know where these Soviet planes are stationed, which countries host them, and we ask these countries. And in many ways, it is the United States, in many ways, who will decide. Uh, it doesn't sound like it's going to happen, unfortunately. Next. Do you believe the president could be doing more to help? Oh, yeah. I'm sure that the president can do more. I'm sure he can, and I would like to believe that, that he's capable of doing that. We would all like to believe that he would be capable of doing a, a better job. But he's not. He stinks. We all saw that. Oh, it's getting so it's. And oh, did I tell you Jill Biden was walking around uh, uh, promoting her husband and doing it in the most obnoxious way, uh, making up stuff. Um, cut 31, please. That day, that day on inauguration, he was Joe. And then suddenly he became something else, the president of the United States. And it felt like Americans across the country were holding their breath in the aftermath of four years of chaos. Yeah, no, be quiet. We don't want to hear that from our first lady, okay? Uh, stick to fudge cookies or brownies or whatever it is first ladies do, literacy campaigns. Uh, just stay the hell out of it. Chaos. You know what? I like that chaos. Yes, it was messy because the swamp was trying to trip him up all the time, but we liked it. We supported him. You don't bring up your husband. You'll do better that way, Jill. Cut 32. But as Joe stood there, shoulders back, eyes shining with fierce optimism, I could see his determination to bring us together. 
<laughs> First of all, I looked it up, and I showed this on the Newsmax show. I mean, eyes shining. I looked at it. You can barely see his eyes. They're like black little slits. He's had so much work done, you can't see his eyeballs. His face is a, a, a new face. His teeth are phony. His hair is phony. Now, I'm not going to point too much of a finger about the fake hair. I'll get to that some other day. I've had a never mind. I'll tell you some other day. I'll come totally clean with you. But um, she did say one appropriate thing. Dr. Jill Biden, Dr. Jill Biden, not a doctor. This is where she should have she should have said this and called it a day. Right. Cut 30. Before I begin, I wondered if we could all just take two seconds, just a minute to um, to all say our silent prayers for the for the people of Ukraine who are struggling. And so I think, you know, the president and I, our hearts are with the people of Ukraine. And I think all Americans feel that as well. So could we take just a second? Thank you. All right. Very beautiful. You know, Joe had the opportunity to do that last week. Remember the State of the Union address? It was just a week ago. Seems like it never happened. Or if it did happen, it happened like 10 years ago. It was last Tuesday night. That's how forgettable this guy is. He never talked directly to the Ukrainian people. He never talked directly to the Russian people. And you know what? That would be very helpful right around now. You know, after 9-11, every day was like the festival of Eid. All right? Every elected official was running to some mosque saying nothing personal we love you we, uh, it was overdone there was no anti we understood that in america we did that stuff was totally overblown anti islamic feeling i do believe that i do we understood the difference okay between al qaeda and the rest and osama bin laden but anyway there's none of that now it's open season on russian people I read in the paper, even the Russian Tea Room, which is about as Russian as Dairy Queen, uh, people are trying to boycott and cancel that. Uh, that's <laughs> so no, no, no one's talking about that. It's OK to beat up on Russian people, but uh, uh, Islamic people, uh, Muslim people who buy it's not OK to beat up on them either. Why all the awareness there, but none here? What do you think? All right. Give me a moment. I'll be right back. Something you must know about what's happening in Ukraine, the lead up to what happened and why we're here. We all understand that Donald Trump, if he were still in power, this would not be happening. Everybody understands that. And one of the reasons that Donald Trump showed by his actions just how much he supported Ukraine. When he was in power, he provided lethal weapons, lethality. The ability to kill people and stop equipment like tanks. He did it. Obama and Biden did not. They like to pretend that never happened. They like to overlook it. But boy, oh boy, oh boy, it really is that way. 
In 2014, uh, President Poroshenko, who at the time was the Ukraine president, was in America basically begging, please help us, the Russians. We all know they want to take our country back. Please, we need equipment. We need heavy uh, arms, weapons, okay? Please help us. Here he is, Petro Poroshenko, asking Congress. Everyone's there. They're clapping, but they really are not going to help him. Cut 25. Please understand me correctly. Blankets, night vision, Googles are also important. But one cannot win the war with the blankets. Even more, we cannot keep the peace with the blanket. You know who's behind him clapping? I think is Vice President Biden, actually. Clapping. Can't win the war with blankets. Night vision goggles, by the way, is not a weapon. It allows you to see at night, but it's not a weapon. So he's there. He's lobbying. He's pushing. He sits down with Obama. And what does Obama give him? More blankets. Cut 26. Obama met with Poroshenko afterwards at the White House, said only non-lethal aid, however, would be provided. We are providing um, non-lethal assistance. Uh, But the fact is, militarily, um, as Crimea demonstrated, uh, Ukraine is outgunned. Vice President Biden heads to Ukraine this week, offering moral support to go along with the non-lethal aid pledged by the United States. Okay, pretty cut and dry. That's easy to understand. And then things change when President Trump became president. Cut 27. The Trump administration decided to provide additional assistance to Ukraine in the form of lethal anti-tank missiles as they fight against Russian-backed separatists. This administration has given lethal weapons, the Javelin anti-tank system, to Ukraine. This administration has provided lethal weapons to the citizens of Ukraine to fight Russia aggression. That was very, very important. And they never talk about that anymore. And Joe Biden, what did he do when he got there? He turned off the lethal weapons. He turned them off. They were packed and shipped and ready to go. You know, even the deep state, as much as they hate Trump, as much as they wanted them gone, they colluded, they plotted, they did everything they could to get him in the middle, in the heart of one of those phony impeachments. Ambassador Yovanovitch. Remember her? Probably not. All these people thought they were going to be stars forever after going before Congress, but it fades away moments before everyone forgets you before you even leave the Capitol. And she was, oh, I'm I'm so threatened by Rudy Giuliani, and I thought that they were going to do things to me. Well, here she is acknowledging what you and I know, that Trump was there for Ukraine. Cut 28. The Trump administration strengthened our policy by approving the provision to Ukraine of anti-tank missiles known as javelins. Those javelins are a big deal, all right? And um, Donald Trump provided them. Obama did not. And as soon as Joe Biden became president, he turned that off. Now, they, they lie about it. Lying comes so easy to Joe and everybody around him. They lie. They lie, they lie, they lie, they lie, they lie. I saw Jen Psaki said, we put, we provided them with lethal assistance. Lethal assistance. We gave them deadly assistance. (laughs) What does that mean? Well, it means they gave them more night vision Googles, as Poroshenko would say. 
night vision Googles that will assist you with the weapons that we are not giving you. Night vision Googles. And, of course, uh, everybody sees that he's losing uh, Biden. He's losing it. He's losing the world. I heard he tried to get the leader of the United Arab Emirates on the phone. No, they wouldn't let him through. I heard he made another phone call to Saudi Arabia. No, not interested in talking to Joe. We are not leaders anymore. We're not the superpower. I mean, we are probably still the economic and, I guess for now, military super, uh, superpower. I don't know how much longer that's going to be the case with our woke joke of a military and General Milley and his white rage and Lloyd Austin and those guys, the surrender police. I don't know how long that's going to last, but here it is. Uh, the fake news Democrats. I think the first guy you're going to hear is Fareed Zakaria. It's another guy who's just been studying the world for a long time instead of doing anything in it. Just studies and writes position papers. Doesn't know a damn thing. This is another brainiac who is all for invading the Iraq war. Just remember that when you ever see these these eggheads on TV. Cut uh, 29, I believe. Yeah, 29. The Biden administration has handled the Ukraine crisis intelligently. And I think that the Biden administration is handling this appropriately uh, when it comes to discussions with regard to sanctions. Those sanctions will make this unjustified, brutal invasion of Ukraine cost Russia and the Russian people. Yeah, Joe's uh, doing a... A hell of a job. Who was that? Who was that guy? Somebody was doing a heck of a job when they were not the day before they got fired. A hell of a job. Hey, what would Margaret Thatcher do in this position? We got a historian, uh, history buff on the phone, Rob from Long Island. Hello. Hey, Greg. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I read uh, her biography last summer, and I read her obituary last night. And Well, Margaret she died Thatcher a long time ago. In the 2013, yes. But I was reading about how she, the struggles that she went through with England, that she did not want to be part of the EU or the pound being part of the euro. And I was just thinking Margaret Thatcher, in my mind, would tell the uh, Europeans, stop buying oil immediately as someone who had lived through Hitler you know, dropping bombs into England. And uh, I think that that's a, a big – Europe's got to stop buying the oil and then tax any country that buys the excess oil. And I think that would do a lot to, to stop uh, Putin. Uh, maybe it would. It would also do a lot to stop uh, heating the homes in uh, in Europe. I mean, they're just not set up to not have Russian oil right now and natural gas. I don't believe they are. This is a long time coming. They should have listened to Trump years ago when he warned them. You know what they could do? I, don't they have a bunch of dormant nuclear power plants? Couldn't they get those up and running? You never hear about nuclear power anymore. Why? Because the left successfully stigmatized nuclear power which is totally fine and totally safe what else did you learn about margaret thatcher well in terms of uh, her uh, willingness to negotiate with gorbachev it was always through strength and through economic power what about her husband dennis what was his deal uh he was in the publishing business and uh, he was uh, kind of just uh, receded in the background and supported her where she was uh, but she was really big in privatizing the english economy uh, the uh, the uh, public sector unions, as well as the uh, the coal miners, and she was bombed twice by the IRA. Uh, yeah, the uh, Iron Lady. It, hey, remember her son was a race car driver and went on a big race in like uh, Nairobi or something like that, somewhere in Kenya, and got lost for like six weeks. Was that in the obituary? 
Uh, no, nothing to do that with that. That actually happened. That actually happened. Anyway, you know who she was really good friends with? Ronald Reagan. Exactly. Exactly. Those two were soulmates. And uh, boy, oh boy, we miss Ronald Reagan, don't we? And uh, Nancy, too, by the way. Thank you, Rob. I sat next to a guy who knew Nancy Reagan very well. His name was Bob. And, uh, you know, they were like, uh, you know, lunch lunch companions, that kind of thing. I thought it was very nice. Um, Putin, one other thing about Putin. Oh, what's he doing with that Russian, the, uh, I'm sorry, the American basketball player, that woman? What's her name? Brittany, Brittany, Brittany Briner, Griner, Brittany Griner. She's a WNBA star, Brittany Griner. Uh, she's an American. In the offseason, she plays for, I guess, some Russian team, and she's over there. With all of the problems we got that Putin has, he has her arrested because of a vape cigarette that has traces of weed in it. Give me a break. Let her the hell go. Brittany Griner. She's been in custody for a month. No one's talking about it. I don't like it when America. Now, people are I, I raise this on on social media. They're like, you know, she's one of those people who kneels for the national anthem. Let her stay there. No, I don't care. All right. You you do have the right to do to make an idiot out of yourself in America. You do. Now, if I were her boss at the WNBA, I'd fire her for doing that. Or at the NFL, I don't think anybody should kneel. You got the right to kneel. I got the right to fire your ass. But I don't like this whatsoever. And if she wants to badmouth her country, she does have that right. That does not mean that Putin should be locking her up. And let me just see this again. Brittany Griner. And I would it would very much please me, Vladimir Putin, who I'm told actually, believe it or not, I know it sounds crazy, listens to this show. I saw Putin once on 67th Street. He the big Russian mission is on 67th Street between 3rd and Lexington. It's a huge white brick building. I've often thought I would go by there, and it's like it's really heavily guarded and secure, and they've got, like, double fencing. It's almost too well protected, if you know what I mean. Like, it's not just to keep people uh, out. It's to keep people in. Now, I look at that, and I wonder, do they have a torture room in there? And they probably do. But there was a restaurant down the block. What the hell is the name of that again? It's no longer there. And uh, Putin, Putin walked in. And they say he's short. He didn't seem short. Something about having 18 guys around you with submachine guns. You don't look like a short person in the middle of it all. But this is kind of, uh, this is totally unnecessary. You got to let that person go. He doesn't know what he's going to do. He obviously miscalculated. And now that his opponent, Zelensky, is the prince of the universe, everybody loves this guy. If he were to take him out, that would be that would make Putin the that would confirm it. He is the ultimate monster. Now, some of this is probably propaganda, but mm, it's effective that propaganda. Valeria is in Florida. She has a solution to all of our problems. Hello, Valeria. Where in Florida are you? Hi, nice to talk to you. I'm in Pompano Beach, right on the ocean. Ah, nice. So what's up? Well, I have a solution for Bill. Okay, we have there's a lot of nonprofits like Wait, Bill, oh, Bill the guy in Connecticut? Bill the guy in Connecticut. Yeah, he what did you think about that? So he's got some big idea about how to help uh well, he actually didn't have much of an idea. He had a desire to help people in Ukraine and he called the radio station to get it done. I mean, do, do you understand why I was a little frustrated about, with that? 
Right. He said he had some. He knows people in Connecticut that have either empty. Yeah, I know, but he, like food. then he may, wants wants us to help make it happen. I mean, I don't know. Like that's. A, there are a lot of people out there, and I've seen this before, Valeria, who say, like, I've got a great idea. You make it happen. You know, what do they say? Inspiration. It's 1% inspiration, 99% perspiration. It's very exactly. easy to have a good idea. It's executing the idea. It's actually making it happen. And Bill seems to think he can just pick up the phone and, and, and tell his congressman something or Call me, and I, you know I'm going to take his passion project and make it happen. I can't do that. I quite frankly won't do that. Anyway, Valeria, but you will do that. What's up? Okay, here's the quick solution. We have lots of nonprofits like Samaritan's Purse, who's already in Poland. We have other nonprofits that help the people coming in through the southern border. We have tons and tons of nonprofits. And? All you have to do is vet them. You vet them. And they will get them chartered flights to whatever country these people want to go to as long as they're vetted. Number two, we have the country of Italy. Hundreds of villages advertise $1 to purchase a vacant home that's on the dilapidated side. There's millions of money that's already been collected in cha- through charities. And you vet. What you do is you vet the Ukrainians. You give them seed money to purchase. Uh, all right, I know. I mean, you're. I know. Like, like. Okay, you're basically saying go to a website. I mean, go to people who've done this before, right? With this, people that have done this. There are people who do this before. all the time. I mean, the thing is, if 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 Bill couldn't have put that together on his own, I don't know. I don't know if he can actually bring this in for a landing. If you know what I mean. Well, I'm just giving this a college try, and then after that, he's on his own. Secondly. I love that lady. I heard that lady. I think it was last week. She called you from Brooklyn. She sounded darling. The one that wanted to be your um, assistant. <clears throat> yes, I know. And hey, guess what? My, my cra- I, I obviously need an assistant because I, I said, do me a favor, take her, <laughs> take her name and number. And it's gone into the circular file, apparently. I, it just disappeared. So I desperately need an assistant. And I've not yet to, I've not been able to circle back to Brooklyn. Okay, I'm the. Why do you want to do problem. it? No, I don't want to take the opportunity away from her because I'm all about you know helping helping my fellow man. I will vet her for you. I'll oh, vet give her me a reference. break! You in the vetting? You're gonna vet her. How do I? How do we vet you? That I have the experience. I, you, according to you, you're vetting. No, according to according to my my proven my proven track. Valeria, you person. sound very nice. But, I mean, why Why should I accept that you have the proof? <laughs> You're just two people on the phone, quite frankly. We've never met. I don't know anything. You know, you could be a lunatic for all I know. Right, and you could be a lunatic to work for. Well, for totally, know, yes. That's totally, yes. You're onto something there. All right, listen, I got to go. I'll be right back. Thank you, Valeria. Uh, Bill, I hope you're still listening. She mentioned a bunch of uh, good websites. What was that first one you mentioned? Yeah, that one. Okay, be right back. Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. This is the Greg Kelly Show. Well, uh, welcome back. Welcome back. Um, New York's trade with Russia shrinks. Trade with Ukraine soars. Oh, that's a headline just in, and that kind of makes a lot of sense. I hope this thing ends quickly. Um, by the way, I'm told that on November 10th, we signed a Ukraine-United States 
strategic partnership agreement on November 10th. And guess who didn't like that? The Russians. <laughs> they really did not like that. They have not liked a lot of things that we have done. Going back 30 years, all right, they do not like NATO expansion. Joe Biden was all for having Ukraine join NATO. That's one of the things that put us where we are right now. NATO sounds great. Expand it. Sure, why not? The devil is often in the details. And Joe, as Secretary of Defense Robert Gates said, has been wrong on every major strategic issue of his life. Uh, that's from Robert Gates, who is Secretary of Defense for a Republican, George W. Bush, and for a Democrat, Barack Obama. This guy knows his stuff, and boy, does he have Joe Biden's number. In the meantime, do you guys remember when I played you this yesterday? This is the baby who's trying to clean. This is my baby who's trying to clean her little sister's nose, but she does it a bit too aggressively. Okay, be gentle. Uh oh, easy, honey, easy, easy. Be careful, 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 careful. Uh oh, (laughs) she did it. So her little sister's only three months old, and baby Annalise, who's two years old, wanted to wash her nose. And I was there. I, I was trying to make her, make her go a little bit easier, but people have seen that video. I put it up on Instagram. Uh, people like it. I would say a pretty hardcore 10% do not like it. And I'm joined by a member of that 10%, my wife, Judith Gray. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Greg. Go a little bit closer to the microphone, darling. <laughs> say hello to uh, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Say hi, Kevin. Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Hello. So listen, um, how are you? I'm okay. I'm a little nervous. I've never been on the radio before. Well, it's no big deal. Um, what did you think of that situation with, uh, I mean, what did, it made you very upset when you saw that video. You lost your babysitting duties. <laughs> That's it. Well, it sounds like I really, this is a win-win. We need somebody to supervise the, supervise the kids and someone to supervise you. Supervise the supervisor. I mean, you have to admit, though, I was there the whole time, and I'm like, oh, a little gentle, go gentle. I mean, kids are going to make mistakes like that, right? You have to check whether she knows what gentle means at this point. <laughs> well, she, she learns words pretty fast. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, not fast enough in that scenario. Okay, well, you should. Everybody, look. I mean, things are going to happen. You know, kids have got to experiment. They got to do stuff, right? And then parents have got to intervene. But I was kind of intervening. I was right there. If anything really bad happened, I would have. I hope so. I would have intervened about ten seconds earlier. Uh, but that's okay. Yeah, baby, baby. All right. So listen. Uh, let's see. We've been married for four years and three months. Mm-hmm. So, how happy are you? Ecstatic. <laughs> uh, seriously, what's it like being married to Greg Kelly? Everything's great except for when there's a plate of chocolate chip cookies within like a mile radius of you. <laughs> <laughs> and then you become another person. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. So, uh, but everything's great. Yeah, we have a jolly time, don't you think? I think so. I think so. So far, so good. Four and a half, uh, four years and a quarter down. 50 to go, we hope. Yeah. You win it for the long haul? Yeah, as long as we don't have another kid. I'm done. <laughs> Two and through. Two right. and through. That's, uh, well, uh, okay, but you've got to take certain, you know, measures. 
Okay, I'll take measures. Measures, all right. <laughs> Judith, thank you so much. You brought my lunch today. There's the music. I got to go. Thank you, honey. Bye. There's this great guy. His name is Arthur Lee, and he created LifeVac. It is the original, safest, easy-to-use, made-in-the-USA airway clearance device, and it has saved hundreds of lives from choking. This amazing product is available worldwide in homes, schools, first responders use it, medical professionals. LifeVac is celebrating now their 10-year anniversary as the number one airway clearance device in the world. You have a child choking or someone else, you want to have it nearby. It works every time. So many good Samaritans have saved lives with it. And in honor of their 10th anniversary, they are extending a 10% discount to any purchase made at lifevac.net. Using the code WABC, you can save 10%. You'll save a life with this thing, okay? Lifevac.net. Code WABC. The Cindy Adams Show on 77 WABC. You know, somehow The View is still on TV. Whoopi Goldberg is back. Joy Behar was off, so they let Stephanie Grisham sit in. Now, who the hell is Stephanie Grisham? Um, Nobody knows. But according to uh, documents, she was press secretary for a year under... Donald Trump. Nobody ever saw her. Nobody heard of her. And uh, that's one of the reasons why she's so bitter. And she left and she wrote a nasty book. And now she wants, you know, she wants to keep it going somehow. So how do you do that? Well, um, if you're a woman, you're eligible to be on The View, I guess. Why don't they ever have men co-host on that dumb show? But anyway, she shows up and she makes the most bizarre point ever. Tell me, you think this is a bit exploitive? Um, First, she writes... That book that says Trump is an animal, so that makes nice on the swamp. And then she's got to say stuff like this to make nice on Hollywood. Go ahead. I have a 14-year-old son who is gay, recently came out as gay, which I have his permission to talk about this, by the way. Um, And... He didn't want to tell his friends where I worked. You know, he, he was like, he was ashamed of where I worked, rightfully so. Rightfully so. She worked at the White House. Um... Now, what difference does it make if her 14-year-old son is gay? And by the way, I don't know if you totally know when you're 14. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. I don't know. Do you? Did you guys know exactly what you were? That's puberty time, right? All kinds of weird stuff. He's probably going to revoke that next week, right? Just talk about a virtue signal. You know what I mean? My son is gay. It doesn't matter. This isn't 1950. You know what? It's just kind of... Very strange. And then, of course, she's got to, you know, that, that's just a warm-up. Now she's got to bash Trump. I mean, this is the bread and butter, right? Okay. Stephanie Grisham, Donald Trump gave her the biggest opportunity of her life, and she. Uh, this is how she pays him back. Go ahead. Honestly, I think he feared him. I think he was afraid of him. I think that the man intimidated him. Talking about Putin. Um, because Putin... He's, he's a, a scary man. I mean, yeah. just frankly, I think he was afraid of him. I also think he admired him greatly. I think he wanted to be able to kill whoever, yeah. you know, yeah. spoke out against yeah. him. So yeah. I, I think it was a lot of that. You know, in my experience with him, again, I'll just say he loved the dictators. He loved the people who could kill anyone, yeah. uh, including the press. And I will say this. I just oh. want to say in watching all of this uh, with Zelen- or 
Yeah, Zelensky. Yeah. Um, Doesn't know the name. Donald Trump would be 57 feet below ground hiding. And, and, and Zelensky has been out there fighting yeah. in his country. Yeah. Yeah. Where do they get the audience, by the way? They clap at everything. Is I mean, it's supposed to be a cross-section of America. So, um, you know what it reminds me of? When I was like eight years old, I was friends for about three minutes with the bad kids from across town. And, you know, like the delinquents. And I was in with them, and I wanted to be in with them, and I wanted to impress them. And that's what she's doing. She she's virtue signaling. She's just want, wants to hang with a group and will say anything that they want to hear. She will absolutely disgusting, by the way, disgusting. And she's not the only one. So many of these people, they all they really ever wanted to do, I guess, was be on TV, become a political consultant and then get a TV job. Alyssa Ferrer. That's another name you probably don't know, but same job. Uh, same trajectory. Uh, she's now at CNN. She guest hosted on The View. She bashed Trump. Um, who else? Now, there are a couple of people who did it who I like, who are Trump supporters. Sean Spicer, Kaylee McEnany. Uh, that's the way to do it. Don't turn on your boss. Don't turn on the person who gave you everything. I've had plenty of bosses I didn't like. I don't think I've publicly said anything about any of them. Have I? Uh, hmm. Now, check me on that. Um, but I don't think so. I don't think so. That's not my... No, as a matter of fact, I I know that's not true. Now, I do give Fox a hard time, and I used to work there, but everybody I worked for is dead, quite frankly. They're all gone. So I'm just, I'm just a guy watching TV. And by the way, what I see on Fox, most of it stinks. Especially these... Uh, these reporters who are just trying to impress their friends and they're rude to the only anchors who are count over there, Gutfeld and uh, and Tucker. Those guys are awesome. All right. Didn't you cut up? Is there more? Is there more of that? No, there was something else. Uh, all right. We got that out of the way. Oh, here's somebody. Here's somebody you should know. Remember this name. Josh Hawley. H-A-W-L-E-Y. He's a Republican senator from Missouri. He's younger than me. I know. Took a long time for me to get over that. You know what I mean? When you start seeing U.S. senators and governors who are younger than you, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, oh, okay. All right. Anyway, I made the adjustment. This guy is off the charts, smart. He's patriotic and he's brave. And he had an interesting observation on where we are right now. Cut 10. The reason we have runaway inflation is Joe Biden. The reason we have a shipping crisis, a supply chain crisis at this stage is Joe Biden. So if he wants to assign blame, all he needs is a mirror and he can look in it because he's the source of most of these problems. And the solutions he's offering are either non-existent or totally fake. I love it, Josh. You are right. And by the way, I think he wanted these problems. We have that clip in 2019 where he gets all close to that girl. We played it a little while ago at the top of the show where he says uh, he wants to end fossil fuel. You turned it around for me off of Twitter. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's at an event, 2019. He will say anything, do anything to become president. He's running for the Democrat nomination against a bunch of other, you know, far left people. So Joe had to run to the far left. And this is the big thing you got to understand. Joe doesn't want to be a caretaker president. He wants to be more significant than Barack Obama. He wants to be the transformational guy instead of just be not Trump. That's a, a bunch of people who voted for you voted for that. 
I wasn't one of them. I didn't vote for you. I like Trump. I like the style. I like the policy. I liked it all. And I hope it comes back. But listen to this. Um, but, but, kiddo, I want you to just take a look, okay? You don't have to agree. But I want you to look in my eyes. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, we're going to end fossil fuel, and I am not going to cooperate with you, okay? Wow. What does he – we are going to end fossil fuel. Again, easy for a guy to say he gets all the fossil fuel he wants for Air Force One, for Marine One, for that great big giant limousine that's the size of a tank. I think they call it the Beast. For the 75 other cars that travel with him everywhere he goes? For the security, Are they in electric cars? No, I don't think they are in electric cars. And you know what? The more they push electric cars, the more I don't want one. Stephen Colbert, who the hell else has been pushing these things down my throat? Pete Boot Edge Edge. Every time I've been in one of these things, it feels like a golf cart. They don't make enough noise. You can't see them coming, by the way. You can't hear these things. They have zero pickup. I want a Cadillac Escalade. That's what I want. Or uh, uh, one of those Suburbans. Something cool. Something with a motor. Something with gasoline in it. No, not your electric car, Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm, cut 14. But doesn't clean energy just raise oil prices even more? Because we're, we're still dependent very Absolutely. heavily on fossil fuels, and, and it's very expensive to get there. It is not expensive. Uh, clean energy is the cheapest form of energy. Wind and solar are the cheapest forms of energy. So, no, it does not. In fact, if you drive uh, an electric vehicle, not that everybody can afford one, but just if there were a transition to an electric mm. vehicle and you filled up today at the pump with your vehicle, it would cost you maybe between 50 and $60 to fill it up. If you charged it at home, it would cost you maybe $12 to fill it up. The energy secretary doesn't know what she's talking about. And, oh, by the way, you plug in those uh, those electric cars into the electric charging stations. Where do you think the electric charging stations gets the electricity? Okay. They don't get it from wind. They don't get it from solar. They get it from gasoline, fossil fuel, oil, which powers a great big old rickety electric plant. You can look it up. These You don't get the electricity off the cloud. I love it. You know, Jennifer Granholm never had to negotiate with a bunch of environmentalists about windmills. Imagine if you had to have, if they were pushing you to build a windmill on your own property. That's what they were doing to Donald Trump at that golf course in Scotland. He learned a few things about windmills. Here he is in that debate again. Great moment. Uh, this is, he's teaching Joe Biden a thing or two about windmills that Joe has no clue about. Cut 24. We are energy independent. I know more about wind than you do. Oh. It's extremely expensive. Kills all the birds. It's very intermittent. It's got a lot of problems. And they happen to make the windmills in both Germany and China. And the fumes coming up, if you're a believer in carbon emission, the fumes coming up to make, make these massive windmills is more than anything that we're talking about with natural gas, which is very clean. One other thing. Find me a solar. I love solar. But solar doesn't quite have it yet. It's common sense, actually. Have you ever actually been around one of these windmills? It's not like some beautiful thing out of Holland. It is a power plant. It is a gosh darn huge metal contraption. Huge. And oh, by the way, here's something you don't hear about. It's noisy. And he's right about the smoke. It comes up. 
It kills the birds, and it's intermittent. Louise is in New Jersey. Yes, my dear. You've been very kind to all the callers, because some of them I'm sure you would have turned off sooner. You were very kind today. Well, I don't know what you had for breakfast, but that's not the issue. The issue I'm trying to say is this guy that wants a miracle, tell him how people are getting pinned against one another, certain groups. That's what's making the unrest. Also, kindness seems out of style. And vulgarity and... Uh, Discuss and 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 a, and a push for being vulgar is is very popular these days, and no de- common decency. That's the problem with the country today. That's number two for that other caller, and the other guy with an empty house. I wouldn't go to anybody's empty house. Who the heck is he? Empty houses in Connecticut. That seems weird right off the bat. And as far as I'm concerned, with you, my dear, how about by hey, do me a favor, Louise. Take a breath. Slow down. Yeah, this is very intense. <laughs> you, now you're going to straighten me out. All right, let me have it. No, no, no. I'm not going to straighten you out. I have a question for you. When Biden comes up with these cockamamie, ridiculous ideas like let's buy oil from Venezuela and let's buy from Iraq, first of all, where's the Senate and Congress? Don't they say, wait a minute here. That's not a good idea. Okay, we're not going to buy it from Russia. But who's in bed with Russia? Those two people you just mentioned. So how come nobody's saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do you understand what you're saying? Yeah, well, Louise, how did you become so intense? You're an intense person. I admire that. I'm not criticizing it, but you are intense. On the Board of Education for the Board of Education. years, that can, that can make you intense right there. So what happens? They, you, are you, you get into it with the parents or they get into it with no, you? What happens? No. I, I roll back to the teachers and say, you can't have 18, 19 children that are going to graduate soon not failing your classes. Somebody's failing and it's not them. It's you delivering the message. Wow. Is there a lot of politics there in, uh, in school? Of course, right? Always. Of course. Of course. It's of too course. bad. It's too bad. Hey, it's funny. You mentioned the word vulgar. You know, it's interesting. You don't even hear that word very often. Like vulgar, it's almost not a pejorative because everybody is using profane language all the time. It's no longer exceptional. Do you know what I mean? I mean, grandchildren. And they say, you know, mommy, M does not accept vulgarity. (laughs) Who's M? (laughs) Me. Oh, you. Yeah, I know. But you know what I mean? Like vulgarity. I mean, you. I can't tell you the last time I heard the word vulgar. Do you know what I mean? That shouldn't be out of style, though, should it? (laughs) Well, vulgarity should be out of style. But yes, no, I know. I totally know what you mean. It's uh, it's a crazy, base, weird time, and I do feel privileged. And Irene, I always think about you, and I'm closing the loop on this. If you get into that Bible. Miracles happen and you start to see things and boy, oh boy, he starts to speak with you in a big way. Do you agree, Louise? Absolutely. But also, you mentioned something about Biden. I mean, about you got Trump you hiding. blew through that really quick. OK, but what? Of course, I believe in God. And of course, I believe there's a higher power. But you have to believe in doing it, not just ask petty stuff. I wish I was rich. I wish I wish the lottery. That's baloney. There's bigger I, I, issues. I, I, than I, I, I'm trying to keep up. now. OK, so what's the last thing you wanted to say? I want to say that what are they worried about? They said Trump was hiding. The one who was hiding is Biden since the day he got the job. Well, before he got the job, he was hiding so nobody could speak to him. This think by a hunt, uh, you know, Trump would be hiding now against these crazy people. In yeah. Russia. Are you out of your mind? No way, Jose. Mm. He was a bull. And yeah. I don't like that about him. When our enemies hate my leader, I like it because that means put the fear of God in them. Thank you. All right, Louise. Thanks. Thank you very much. We're going to... We're going to absorb that. We're going to take a quick break, and thank Keep you. Keep me on your list, dear. It's always a delight. Okay. Bye. Thanks, 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 thanks. Uh, ready, ready, ready. Shh. Be right back. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. 
Oh, boy. A couple of things. Uh, Putin just destroyed, I'm told, a children's hospital in Ukraine. Yikes. This could escalate very, very quickly. I wonder. I just wonder. Is Joe Biden recalibrating? He's got to do something different. He is failing miserably. You know, a friend of mine, Christopher Nixon, happens to be the grandson of Richard Nixon, um, said he came up with a theory that, um, well, his grandfather, President Nixon, during the Yom Kippur War, surprised the world and went all in with Israel. I mean, gave them everything, so much military firepower. We essentially joined the fight, beat Egypt into total submission. Should we do the same? Should we? Probably not, but maybe. I don't know. You take out another hospital. Maybe we should. Oh, also this. Florida Duncan employee, Duncan Donuts, did you hear about this, who fatally punched customer over racial slur, sentenced to house arrest. A Duncan Donuts employee in Tampa, Florida, accused of fatally punching a customer who used a racial slur against him last year, was sentenced to two years of house arrest after pleading guilty to felony battery. Corey Pajolis, 27, was ordered by a Tampa judge on Monday to complete 200 hours of community service and attend a man- anger management course. Tampa police said the incident occurred 1.30 in the afternoon, May 4th, at a Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, let's see here. According to court records, the customer, some guy named Vanell Cook, 77 years old, he happened to be white, had gone through the drive through to order coffee and was angry over the lack of service. While in the drive through Duncan employees had trouble hearing him, and he started to yell at them about poor service. Employees told Cook, a regular at the establishment, to leave, but he'd parked his car, walked inside, and was aggressive and verbally abusive toward employees. Pajolis asked a co-worker to call the police, leading to an argument between him and Cook. When Pajolis, who was black, asked Cook to leave, police said Cook called him a racial slur. Pajolis then walked around the counter and asked Cook not to call him that slur again. But when Cook did, Pajolis punched him in the jaw. Cook fell and hit his head on the floor. He was taken to the hospital where he died three days later. An autopsy showed that he suffered a skull fracture and a brain. Number one, you never want to get into a fight, all right? You see... I asked that guy before, have you ever seen anybody shot? I've seen 10 million people shot on TV. When you see it in real life, it's like, oh, have you ever seen anybody punched? It's always clean on TV. You punch somebody and they fall to the floor. It was like it's a way to you take out a security guard. No, you kill somebody. You change them forever. Everybody's life has changed. And I have a feeling I know what uh, what racial slur they're talking about here, and I think it's the big one. And you call that to somebody's face. Quite frankly, you're asking to get punched in the face. And then you say it again? Well, it's about a guarantee you're going to get punched in the face. Interesting. I saw this headline and I was like, I didn't know where it was going to go. But you know what? Maybe this was the right decision. Maybe this was the right decision. I don't think he meant to kill the guy. But if you start using the most horrific obscenity there is, and we can have a talk about how some folks are allowed to utter that obscenity and others are not, and that's a whole other warped thing. Hmm. Uh, Let me know. Let me know. 
And uh, the other thing that we had to tackle right now is, um, mm, oh, cut 17, if you don't mind. This is pretty good. This woman going nuts because uh, the gas is, the gas price is just too damn high. Cut 17. Hold on, y'all, because I know dog on wheel. Look at this. Now, I'm about to write somebody. Write somebody. Write somebody. It's kind of cute. You know what I mean? I had a $90 bill the other night, and I wanted to, quite frankly, like my friend at that Dunkin' Donuts, punch somebody, but I didn't. Um, This is people are on edge a little bit. It's in the air post-COVID. Hey, no more masks. If you're wearing a mask, you're you're up to something you shouldn't be up to. That's what we need to. That's what we need to share. No more masks. Shaming people into wearing masks. I want to shame people out of the masks. You're wearing a mask. You're covering something up. By the way, did you hear the director of Black Panther? Anybody see that movie about, what, two or three years ago? Wasn't bad. Wasn't the best movie ever made. They made such a big deal out of it. It was pretty good. It was directed by this guy named uh, Kugel, I think his name is. Anyway, he goes into a bank. He's masked up. He's got dark sunglasses on. He's wearing a sweatshirt with a hood over his head. And he goes up to the teller, and he gives them a note. I want $12,000. Do me count it discreetly because I don't want to see anybody. I don't want anybody to see you giving me the money. Now, it's a very strange note. Who the hell writes a note? The clerk, the teller, whatever, misread it and thought that she was being robbed. And she wasn't technically, although I think Mr. Kugler, whatever his name, may have been pulling a stunt. Because he goes in there looking like, you know, with a mask and glasses. This is too much. This is too What are you looking at me like that for, Jacqueline? What's the problem? All right. <laughs> this is a story she's interested in. I, You know what I'm talking about? This guy, he directed Black Panther. He walks into a bank and, and uh, they call the cops. He's arrested, but he actually has an account at the bank. It's all a great big misunderstanding but who the hell gives a teller a note like that asking for the $12,000 be counted in 20s and don't make do it over in the corner because I don't want anybody to see what you're doing. That is a non-standard note. And she got upset. I totally understand it. You don't. <laughs> Somebody. Anyway, Tommy is on the phone from Brooklyn. Yes, Tommy. Hi. Hey, Greg, you're on fire. Great show today. I got two things I want to say. Um, green energy and uh, the front-line uh, war correspondents we were talking about. With the front-line cor- war correspondents, most of them were soldiers back in the day. No, so they yeah, weren't. Sometimes they had- oh, wait, so- wait. Back in the day, you mean? Yeah, back in the day. Most of them were war correspondents. So when you saw them put their, 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 their camera down or whatever, that was because they had to shoot because that was their job. Nah, well, I mean, not yes. And what, what war are you talking about? World War II, and even up to Vietnam, a lot of the uh, Vietnam. Were... No, those those Vietnam guys, for the most part. Anyway, look, do me a favor, Tommy. There's the music. I'm sorry you guys were on hold. Jim, I apologize. Chris, Tom, Rachel, Annie. We will resume this shortly. I got to get ready for the nighttime show. Be right. Uh, see you tomorrow. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. 
The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.